So, here we are. Here we are. Welcome. Thank you. It's this nice is, to be here. This is the trail runner's experience. It, it, it is the trail runner's experience, just like jog. It's a it's a short talk. It's a, yeah. bit different. Yeah. Yeah. We're back after, who knows, anyway. After some time. Back yes. in the Back in the pod loft. The pod loft. Yeah. We're going to do some hardcore recording. So, I'm Daniel. And I'm Kate. And we are here today try something a bit different with the podcast is yes. we're going to I'm going to talk we're going to talk about a famous event <clears throat> or Ooh. something that happened in this case it's a person okay lay it on me what fa- is it famous or infamous infamous yeah and I think we'll, this will be a new thing I might we might bring out an episode once a month or could be All once right. a year who knows we'll see how this one goes you're just going to tell me a story a running related story yes that I don't know yep Excellent. So for this, yes, this particular story, yes, you have to go jump in our time machines and go all the way back to the nineteen seventies. Okay. Actually, more accurately, into the nineteen eighties. Oh, we were uh, there. Uh, we we're just yeah. 19, okay. 1979. I mean, we weren't taking part in any races, but we were around. We were alive. Well, I was taking part in the human race. Oh, just goodness. So man. were you? Yeah, we all were. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk today about. A one of the most famous cheaters in history. Oh, it's the it's the story of Rosie Ruiz. Okay, who in America in the nineteen eighties, yeah, early nineteen eighties, became infamous for what she did at okay. a few of the biggest marathons in the world. Did she get her boobies out or something? What did she do? She did not get her boobies out. All right. Okay. So, um, I don't know if that would be. Get, get Scandalous! Just, it make, if a woman went to a race and got her and like ran with her boobies out, that would make her infamous in the running scene. I think. Would it make? Would would you get disqualified for it? Oh, depends on who's running the race, I guess. Well, in New York, you wouldn't. You know why? Because you because can, you can wear you can go topless out. in New York. Yes, but I don't know. Many women would want to run with their top off. Oh no, it's a long way. It yeah. it's a long way. If you're a big-breasted lass, that would be. Uncomfortable. And where are you going to pin your bib? It is. It does feel nice running without a shirt on. Can you imagine pinning your bib to your nipples or something? I, well, if you're you have that, to get them pierced. You, you might be into that kind of thing. If you're a runner with pierced nipples, Do can you, you please attach your running number to it and send me a picture? Seems very unsafe. Anyway. Yes. We're going to talk about Rosie Ruiz. Who, Roger that. Who... Yes. Was born yes. in 1953, on June the 21st, in fact. Huh. And she was in Cuba. Yeah. And oh. so so when she was, she lived in, she was born in Cuba, moved to the US. Yeah. And uh, you know, so 1953, she's a similar age of um, my mother. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so she um, became very well known. So she was a avid, um, she liked running when she was younger. She okay. was quite good, but she suffered from injuries like, in high, even from high school, she had a lot of issues with her knees, ah. um, so which is something that's very common to a yeah, lot of people. Yeah. And anyway, so but she really enjoyed running, okay. and with the stresses of life, you know, running was a release for her. Yeah. And then in the seventies and eighties, we had like the running boom really took off. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and marathon races were being televised, and we had color, and you know, oh. so seventies. What do you mean we had color? Color TV. Oh. Because things were, it was easier to see. What are you thinking? Yeah. I don't know what I thought. What like, I'm like, 
What do you mean? We've always had colour. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> colour TV. Right, Roger. Anyway, okay, so yeah, that the, would make it easier to, yeah. So uh, at some point in early in her life, she got diagnosed with this big lump in her brain. Oh. And the, but it came back, it was a benign tumour tumor, in, okay. in her brain. All right, so not going to kill you. But this is significant to the story. Um, so anyway, except she still had to have brain surgery to, oh. to have it removed yeah. and so it's pretty bad at this point i'm feeling pretty sorry for her. i'm like you know no one wants that and i know no one it, wants brain surgery no and look it's i'm not even going to make any jokes about that aspect but i, I do think she used it <clears throat> to her advantage in a not in a less than honest way okay okay so anyway she had it's that and she had a few complications um and i think she had to have more than one surgery yeah and but she now she was in the in the clear more or less. All and right. anyway, she. I wonder, did her brain like when they removed the lump? Did her brain just sort of like fill out the skull, or was there a void there? Not that you'd know. I'm or... not a brain surgeon. What yeah, no, this? I don't know why I'm asking this question. Carry on. Yeah. Anyway, so um, so she immigrated to the US, and this happened in 1972. She came. She. Graduated from high school, and then she got a degree in music um, oh. in 1977. Now, in she was living in New York, right? Yeah. And she she wanted to run the um, New York City Marathon. Okay. Yeah. Um, she was working for this firm, and she'd been training a lot. Yeah. Um, so she was a fast runner. No, I, she wasn't that oh. fast. She was. I'd say she was average. Okay. She did. She ended up. I won't go into the great detail of how, but she qualified for the New York City Marathon. Okay. Um, and but in the marathon, she actually, uh, what happened? She started running. She hadn't trained fantastically well for it. Okay. So pretty broken training block. But she, um, oh, part of the actually, I'll backtrack. Okay. This is classic Furuja. No, she the way <laughs> she got into the marathon, yeah, is because she missed the registration cutoff. Yeah. But she said. She told the director, event yes. directors that she was suffering from terminal brain cancer. Uh-huh. Even though it was not terminal. I was going to say, that's a bit of an untruth. Yeah. And then yeah. so she, um, they, they, they gave her a special, uh, a special place in okay. the race. Yeah. So she gets in. She hadn't been training very well, but she, she does the race. She starts running and sort of like, um, I don't know, what's it's about 15, 16 kilometres in, she was yeah. like, Really starting to feel it. So she probably yeah. gone out a bit quick, hadn't trained enough, was hurting a bit. So yeah. she stopped and she she disappeared into the bushes and she just headed towards um, – she just left the, left the course oh, altogether. so she decided to give up. Essentially. But then okay. what she did is um, she, she got on – she went to the subway and she got on the train um, and in the subway. Yeah. And – was just um, she took a took a train to the yep. finish line because everyone goes to the finish line anyway. Yep. But while she was on the train, she saw the she was sort of trying to keep a low profile because she was um, she didn't want people. It did, she, she didn't felt want bad. people she to know that a she bit had embarrassed. finished. Yeah, yeah. But there was a photographer on the train who was there covering the race. Yeah, whether I don't know in what whether it was she was a professional photographer, but. The, and she said, oh, you were in the marathon because you saw a lot of runners you do yeah, that. They yeah, take, you wear your bib. And, and she just told this photographer, oh, yeah, I hurt my ankle, so I've had to pull out, but I want to go to the finish line yeah. to to um, share my success 
uh, with my friends, you know, yeah. share, share, their, their, share their success. Share, share their success. Yeah. And so she was like, oh, great. And so she's getting off the train and so she's limping. And so this photographer is helping her limp. Anyway, helping her limp out and they go out and they part ways. And then, and then um, near the end. Yeah. So she gets in there. She just sort of uh, slides back into the, the, the race <gasps> and, and runs in. <gasps> And she finishes eleventh, uh, and she gets given the eleventh place, woman, and what? Um, and, and and with a fi- an official finishing time of two hours fifty six minutes and twenty nine minutes. No, twenty nine seconds. Um, so yeah, which is a really good time by any metric. Yeah. And here's the thing: so there's no digital recording, there's yeah. no cameras. You know, there was no. So it was really like there was. It really is a bit of an honesty system, it was, it was isn't it? Easy. And so she crossed the line, and that time actually qualified her. For the Boston Marathon, the wow. famous Boston Marathon. So that one got away with scot-free. Yeah. No, okay. So she. And this has reminded me of another Cuban runner. I'll tell you about at the end. Keep going. Yeah. A crazy similar. Keep going. Yep. Okay. Um, and so anyway, she qualified for the for the race. Yeah. And so she, that was brilliant. But there were questions. They're like, oh, where did this woman come from? Anyway. Yeah. 2.56 is a pretty good time. Um, it's so fast. Yeah, yeah. But it's not elite fast, oh, even, okay. even then. Even then it wasn't elite no, fast. It no. was just like, oh, it wow, was, she's was a really good amateur runner. Probably sub-elite. I don't know. The, yeah. You know, I think women were running around 2.30 about okay. that time, like the, the best, All right. you know, a bit in the 2.30s. Okay. So anyway, so Boston Marathon was, um, I think, a few months later. Yeah. Say, or it was in, it was in 1980. Yeah. So, um, so she got in. So April twenty fifth. Oh no, no, past that. April twenty first. Yeah. She um, signs up for Boston. She's running, and uh, and so she same sort of thing happened. She yeah. get, gets part way through into the race. Yeah. She's like, I'm not fit enough or fast enough. Yeah. So she, but this time because she got away with it so easily in New York. Yeah. She's like, I know what I'm doing. So she cuts. She cuts out. Goes through into a park and disappears into the bushes where yeah. she where she sits and waits for an hour, <gasps> and then um, because it was early in the race, and so she goes, yeah. "I'll just sit here." Then she jumped on a bus or a train. I think it was a train again. I don't know the the Boston transport system. Yeah, no, me neither. Some kind of public transport she got okay. on, and um, and then <clears throat> she got went to the finish line or near the finish line. Yeah, and um, there's crowds of people around. And she waited carefully and she'd seen a few men go by and she's like, oh, I'll just jump in and finish the race. Yeah. She jumps in and starts running, not realising that no women had come through oh. yet. And so she starts oh. running down the running down the track, the road. How far from the finish? Oh, within a mile. <gasps> within, like she was really close to the finish. Oh, my goodness. So she run, runs in and then all the police, like because what they do, the police escort um, the first woman back in the day. <gasps> what? I wonder if she thought she was going to be arrested. Or no, something. they came running. They were running next to her, and she looked. Really, there's video footage of her finishing, and she yeah. looks really unfit, or she looks tired. She looks yeah. like someone who's just run a marathon. Yeah. I, except that mile took it out of her. It was an all. It was. Oh, well, she did more than a mile because she did a few miles at the beginning. Yeah, but she but, did have a sit down for an hour. Yeah, exactly. She crosses the line, and they go, "Congratulations." You're the winner. They put a laurel wreath on oh. her head. She, um, they, she gets crowned the Boston, the women's Boston marathon winner. Her time, yeah, 
was what raised there were questions being raised almost immediately yeah so her time was two hours and 31 minutes and 56 seconds well, she has improved dramatically yes. since her last marathon exactly so she's standing up there and she's crying and there's footage of her and she's so um happy but straight away there's people asking questions one yeah. of which was bill rogers bill yeah. rogers was a marathon legend he it was his that and that year he won the boston marathon it was his third year in a row yeah. winning the boston oh marathon. wow so he was one of the greats yeah um and he was like wow where did you, you know no one knew who she was yeah she was running in a just a t-shirt yeah not a singlet yeah just yeah. like a normal t-shirt that didn't look and and a lot of runners were saying straight away that she didn't have the physique of, a, of an elite athlete. No. She looked, for lack of a better term, she looked unfit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, um, and the first woman, the uh, the real first woman, yeah. was shocked and chagrined. Well, you would be, would you? When would she you? came to the final straight. Yeah, knowing that there was not a woman in front of her, I'm sure. Yes. Ooh. And so this predates all the digital timing and, yeah, yeah. and, and like, cameras that, that follow. That yeah. Cameras didn't even follow the leaders back then, you yeah, know. Like, yeah. it was just, there was only a couple of cameras out on the entire course. Well, you couldn't wheel them around as easily back then. They weighed, like, 18 tonnes or something. Exactly. Yeah. So um, uh, as Jacqueline Gouraud, um, she was leading the race, mm -hmm. and there was but there was a battle between her and this other woman named Paddy Lyons. Yeah, and neither of them had seen Ruiz during yeah. the race. Yeah, and so they're like, "This is weird. Where did she go?" And Ruiz's response was, "Well, it's because I'm an amateur athlete, and and I'm new to the sport. No one expected to see me. Yeah, you know, it's like, but and and because I have short, she had short hair. Yeah, um, and that, a lot of people think I'm a man when they see me from behind. <laughs> I know." It gets better. Gosh. So mm. so she claims it. Wow. She, she didn't even go, oh, you've made a mistake. She did not admit. She And then she the way, so she went on. She got to do the, the circuit. Cause, of course. Oh, my God. So marathon running. She really running, didn't think this through. No. So marathon running back in the day, yeah. back in the, the early 80s, like, it was. She, Are we like, talking like De Costello type era? Yeah. yeah. Oh. So, so it was the big leagues. Big time. And um, so she got to do all the morning shows. And <gasps> so her and Bill Rogers used to go on, like, doing all these official interviews and stuff. And was he, like, giving her the side eye the whole time? Like, Admittedly, where? everybody was really, really understanding of this cheat. Yeah. You know, because they were like, no one wanted to out and out claim she was a cheat, but everyone yeah. had questions. Yeah. And Bill Rogers said something to the event organiser of Boston. Yeah. He's like, you need to look into this. The event organiser, to his credit, yeah. didn't just jump the gun and disqualify her straight away. No. He actually investigated. Yeah. They did They did their due diligence and they looked into it. They got um, – and Bill Rogers, they were about to appear on a, some, a an American talk show, like, talking about their marathon success. Yeah. Um, Bill pulled her aside very quietly and politely said, you know, this would be a really great time for you to come out. And, tell and the say truth. that you didn't really win. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "What are you?" She was like, "What are you talking about?" Oh, no. I, I won the Boston Marathon, oh. and she just, she, just, she put her foot, put oh. her foot down. So wow. anyway, um, and then she was doing an interview. <clears throat> you know, the famous Catherine S Switzer. Oh yeah. So the first woman to, she, well, she essentially, no, she was an an athlete. 
I was going to say she banned it to the race. She didn't ban it. She signed up as a man yes. because women weren't allowed to compete. So she's yes. a trailblazer, yeah. legendary woman, very experienced marathon runner. Yeah. She was interviewing. This is after she'd sort of retired from running yeah. competitively. But she interviewed um, Ruiz yeah. and said, you know, wow, because her time had gone from two hours 56 down to two Two and a half. That's so fast. And she said, wow, you must have done some great training and there's – during that period, um, how did you take off so much time off yeah. your marathon time? Yeah. You must have been doing like lots of intervals and, and your training must have been really good. Yeah. Ruiz, out and out goes, yes, lots of people have been saying that to me. She goes, but to be honest, I don't even know what intervals are. What are intervals? <gasps> and so she, she didn't. It's like that's Ooh. every – if you're an elite athlete, you know what intervals are. Yeah. She had no idea. And then mm. Switzer explained it to her politely. Yeah, and yeah. And she goes, do you have a coach? And she's like, no, I just coach myself. I, I guide myself. And so, you know, so more questions are being yeah. raised. It's like you don't know what it is. Bill Rogers. People and, are either going, you are a freak. You are yeah. an amazing running freak who's just come out of nowhere. Or you're an absolute cheater reader. Yes. Um, My goodness. The other thing, mm. so back in the 70s and 80s, you know, we didn't have Garmin's and whatever, no. but runners, all runners wore like digital watches, yeah. stopwatch. Yeah. And that was pretty standard. Yeah. And runners spent a lot of time thinking about their splits. Yes. Even to this day, but now it's done for you. Well, until but, not that long ago, that's yeah. how you did it. So Bill Rogers, who won the men's, yeah. he was talking to her. Uh, this is just about after the race. Splits. He was, like, asking her about her spl- what her splits were. And she had no idea. Not only did she know <gasps> what her splits were, she didn't even know what splits were. <gasps> the term was foreign to her. So, you know, Ooh. more questions. I would have called her, but I would have called her a cheat. And yeah. then there was, so in the Boston Marathon, you there's a, at a point you run past um, to the suburb of Wellesley and you run, run yep. through past this um, Wellesley College, yep. which is famous. Famously, the students put on, they all stand out and like cheer and rah, it's a rah, big deal. Yeah. yeah, It's like, and so they're all Harvard students, you know. Like, oh, yes, and, okay. And so there was, um, and there were two Harvard students named John Faulkner and Sola Mahoney. Yeah. And they they were out in the crowd watching and they saw the men's race come by. Yeah. And then they, um, all of a sudden, they see this woman. Yeah. Just come through the, push through the crowd and jump the fence and just yeah. start running. And their initial thought was well, it was just some crazy person. Yeah, just they, someone who's joined the run at the they, last minute. Well, no, yeah, they didn't think that it was someone trying to cheat. They just thought it was someone just being stupid. Yeah. And then, and so um, they sort of wrote it off and then they, um, anyway, so that was that was really another thing and they ended up coming forward. When there was an investigation, they came forward and these are all yeah. the things. And if we rewind to New York City Marathon. Yeah, I'm thinking about that reporter with the camera. So it gets it gets murky. There's more and more questions keep rising. And in the days after the Boston Marathon, yeah. the the event organizer of the New York City Marathon was like, something's not right. And so they disqualified her from the New York City Marathon. Yeah. They're like, no, nah, this is like four or five days after the the Boston oh, Marathon. So yeah. she so her result from that was null and void. Yeah. And then she was outed and um these and because also 231.56 would have made her the third fastest woman of all time wow yeah 
And oh, so, she's such a fool. And um, and the photographers were like, um, uh, sorry, the reporters had asked her things like, oh, you didn't look fatigued after such a grueling race. You know, she didn't even look like she was that sweaty. Uh -huh. And, she, and she, her response was, I got up with a lot of energy this morning. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Oh. Imagine yeah. if that's all it took, you just had to get up with a lot of energy. Yeah. And then anyway, and so we, um, yeah, and so, you know, she got, she ended up being found out, got disqualified. Yes. And, but she still, she maintained that she won the race. She never. She never admitted to it. Yeah. She, she never admitted to sitting down in the bushes for an hour. So did the, okay. All right. Here are my questions. So the reporter in New York who took the picture of her and then helped her hobble back to the finish yes. line. What came of that picture? She, I, don't know that that, ever I don't know that she took a picture of her. Oh. Yeah, I, I believe that she was just a photographer who oh, was on the train. Oh, okie dokie. Yeah. But, but, but she she came out and told her story. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. And so it was, um, yeah, that's interesting. But the, the whole thing with um, once she um, – or was disqualified from New York. Yeah. Then she was eventually disqualified um, from, from Boston. Boston. And so Garou, with a woman who came yeah. second, was officially given first place after the fact, which sucks for people. Yeah, when because that she didn't get to do the TV show circuit. And yeah, you don't get the finish line glory. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. Oh, that's she was. Sad. She she ran a two thirty four twenty eight, which is still a phenomenal time. Yeah. But you know, she was three minutes behind. This cheetah. So it's a mm. huge – so a nobody, yeah. Did she then go on to – did she run the Boston Marathon again? Um, that's one – that's a bit of research I'll have to look up. Well, I'm hoping um, that she did and that she won it and she did get to have that moment. Or you know what? They should have even at the end of the race gone go, you know what? We're going to have two – we're going to have two winners because the last year's winner missed out on the glory because of this big fat cheetah over here called Rosie. So we're going to be crowning you, and then we're going to do first, second, and third. Yeah. For this year. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's, a good, uh, it's not over. I know yet. what it feels like, Daniel, to have your time taken away from you. Yes. Your medal moment ripped away. Yes, I know you do. Mm. So uh, Ruiz um, actually went. So this Guru. Yeah. Guru. I believe it's a French name. Mm -hmm. um, she was in um, Ruiz's town, hometown of in Florida, which is where yep. she'd moved to because she was competing in a 10K race. Uh -huh. And so Ruiz is like, I'm going to go and clear the air with her. Oh. And, and just like uh, thinking seems that, like a bad idea. Thinking that she was going to become, they were going to become friends or something out of it. Oh. And so she, she went up to say hello and how's it going. And, and then all that um, Garo was like said, why did you cheat? Why did you do it? Yeah. And – just shook her head and walked away because wow. Ruiz had just said, I won, I won, I yep. won the race. I won it. Yeah. So she, she she would never say that she didn't, that she cheated. She never admitted, she never admitted that admitted she to cheated. It. No. <gasps> and then, um, so anyway, life was a bit shit for her. I bet. After she was, because of her, there was, a, there was something in her nature. So she, um, in 1982, so this is like two years later. Okay, so not long. She had become a real estate agent and oh. she'd had a real estate license and she was working for a company and um, she embezzled $60,000. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
and she um she got arrested for it. Yeah. But she got off with one week in jail <gasps> and then was placed on probation for five years. Because of her brain tumour? I don't know. Possibly. I she wonder. probably had a lawyer that played that card. Yeah. Um, and then um, when she was – she moved down to South Florida and she was – and then in 1983, mm-hmm. she was in. She was arrested for her involvement in a cocaine, like deal. <laughs> you know, she was selling and supplying cocaine. <coughs> wow. Um, she was sentenced to three years probation. So essentially, she just keeps getting probation. And I'm going to go back. So she hasn't actually been punished. She got disqualified. Yeah. She never. Did she win money when she won that race? Good question. Okay. Possibly. Um, I think if she, she did, she would have given that. You know what she hasn't? She never gave back. The medal? Her, her medal. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. So, she's just gone through life half-assing it but getting all the rewards. Exactly. Wow. Frustrating. And never getting any actual punishment. Yeah. Like, no one ever going, okay, so, and, like, and 60, 60-something thousand dollars in 1982 yeah, that's a lot. a lot of money. Yep, yep. It, it, it actually, to have a conversion here in yeah. in twenty twenty one money, yeah. which is close enough to now, yeah. it would be worth one hundred and sixty eight thousand dollars. It's a lot of money. That's sort of life changing money. I mean, yeah. sixty sixty thousand dollars is life changing. Mm. So, as we go on, she ended up in nineteen eighty six. Oh no, nineteen eighty four. She actually married a, a guy um, whose surname was Vivas. Okay, and so. They, oh, they, stability. She's gonna, she's gonna settle down. So had, they had three children together, but oh. with, after just a bit over two and a half years, yeah, they, um, they divorced. They had three children in two and in, a half years. Yeah, you know, pretty much back to back to back. Whoa. Know, people do that. Um, and then, but oh, she decided oh, to keep his surname because yeah. it would make her easier to get on with her life. Yeah, because people, her name was tainted. Yeah, um, rightly so. Um, and then she um, got. She continues to get work, so she's still going through life without consequences. So in the in the nineties, okay. she's working for a med- medical lab company, um, and then up to, to the year two thousand, in, in, she'd done interviews and she was still maintaining that she ran the entire race. Whoa! And um, and then she was saying, but only. In the end, some of her closest friends yeah. who knew the truth yeah. started outing her. Oh. So this is, this is like 20 years after the event. Yeah. Um, so how old is she now? Um, so in 2019, she actually passed away at the age of 66 uh. from cancer. Uh. So I'm not going to make jokes about cancer. No. But that, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty young death. And she'd apparently been struggling with, she'd had cancer for about 10 years. Yeah. And so she's, I mean, you get what you get. <laughs> you get what you get and you don't get upset. Yeah. And that's why you can't cheat because you'd get what someone else should have got and but, then everyone gets to be upset. But she died with the, the medal. Really? Well, as in she never gave it back. And she said that she she was actually quoted as saying that she enjoys watching the Boston Marathon every year because she's a masochist. Wow. She's watching a race that she doesn't really know anything about. Yeah. Um, as a... And it's just incredible. And as a um, a result of this, as some as a way, like to fix this cheating situation, yeah. so a big part of her cheating yeah. caused huge changes to the sport. Yeah, I one bet. of which. So cameras were then required to follow the leaders 
at all times. Ah. So it's not just in these big city marathons with this yeah. big because it's, if you've got a camera in your face the whole time, you're not going to be able to cheat. No. So I never really thought about that, but yeah, it is a way of keeping things honest. Yeah. So you can't cheat by co- course cutting. Yeah. Yes, there's other ways to cheat. And then you've got um, what else? And then not long after that, uh, what else is there? They because they used to only track the first hundred people okay. that would come through the aid stations. Yeah. Yeah, but because they had to do it manually, but now there's all the digital timing. Yeah, I was going to say, wouldn't they, when she came through aid stations, you'd have thought that they would have had some record of her coming N- through aid stations. So in Boston Marathon, no, no women yeah. finished in the top 100. Oh. So it sort of worked out. Per- so the, And they would only, so they were lazy. They just assumed that everyone was going to do the right thing. Yeah, yeah. And so. Well, you do, don't you? I mean, you think, oh, we'll just measure the top 100 elites yeah. times. And, and so, but they didn't do any more than that. Because mm. you do sometimes, like, I know I've been out in trail races where there are switchbacks and, and bits like little where you're going around a course and then there's a little out and back section. And you think, shit, if someone missed that. Easy. And then they just finished the race and no one. However. And no one saw. Strava's pretty good in that <gasps> of regard. Of course. If you cut a corner on Strava. Yeah. Know, yeah. Yeah. But because um, that's going to show up. Yeah, it is. But, you, you just always go, oh, it's Strava fritzed out or you don't upload it, do you? <laughs> there's ways. Oh, there's ways around it. Yes. So but it's, it, I mean, you're only cheating yourself, aren't you? Yeah, but she got to have not once but twice have finish line fields in two of the biggest races in the world that many people will never, ever get to experience. That is amazing. Yeah. What does she look like? She's a a, – Where's the picture? I don't have a picture. I'll have to show you when she has short hair. Yeah. She was – I think she was only in her 20s when she did this. Yeah, yeah. And so she – yeah, she looks like a a woman – of Hispanic heritage, you know, like a Cuban woman. Yes, and um, and that's the story of the greatest marathon cheater of all time. I want to tell you a story. So, what is it? Okay, so it's about this guy, Andarine um, Carvajal. Now, he grew up in Cuba, in poverty, I suppose. In like, I think he was born in eighteen seventy-five. Got nothing against Cubans. No, nothing no. against Cuba. No. Um, and he would just walk around everywhere. He was, I think he was a mailman or something. So he was always moving, walking. Yeah. And he, um, he was like, he was a really, he was really full of himself and he was really, he was a really good runner. He could just run and run and run and run. Yeah. And I think I'm sort of doing most of this by memory, but I think he, um, he challenged a really good runner, like an established, older man to a running race he was like i bet i can beat you yep and he and they did this race and he beat him have bets all the time yeah yep he beat him and everyone was like what this guy's amazing back in the day so yeah and so then he was like you know what i'm gonna do i am going to go to the olympics and he because he grew up in poverty and he had nothing so he went to like the mayor of havana or something and he was like I want you to sponsor me to go to the Olympics. And he was like, yeah, that's, I think, because the Olympics were in America the next year in like 1904, early, I don't know. Was it, yeah. It was, he was a young man. Were there sanctions on Cuba at that point I or you don't, don't know? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. But he could get there. And yep. he was like, you know, and so the guy was like, no, nah, get out of here. I'm not giving you money to go to the Olympics. <laughs> so he just went outside and ran around and around the council chambers 
nonstop. Until they gave him money. Until the guy, until like this huge crowd started gathering to watch this guy and they were like, how many laps is he going to do? Just running around the council chamber block, right? And so all these people arrive. Yeah, and at the end of the day, the mayor walks out and sees this huge crowd and all these people cheering like, it's like, what is going on? And it's this guy who'd not long been up in his office asking for money. And the guy, and he was just like, you know what? Sure, I'll sponsor you. I'll well, pay for you to get there. Wow. And then one, yeah, but then once he got there, I think, you know, he had just the clothes on his back and the money in his pockets. Yep. And so he was like, all right, well, I've got to now somehow get to where the Olympics are going to be and I've got to – because I think he thought he was just going to run. He was just going to run there from where he got off the boat. Ah. But then he was like, oh, America is much bigger than Cuba. I can't just run from one side to the other. Yeah. So then he, I think he hitched or he ended up getting to where he was meant to be, but like – an hour before the race, oh, an hour wow. before the Olympic um, <laughs> marathon was about to start. Yeah. And he rolled in with just the clothes that he'd arrived in the country, you know, leather boots, a pair of long pants, you know, a big, like, puffy white shirt, and he was standing there going, oh, and all the other men were dressed in running attire, like they were at the Olympics to run the marathon, and he's just shown up. He's like, oh, and I think one of the other guy, one of the other runners just pulled a pocket knife out and said, here we go, I'll cut the bottoms of your pants off so at least you've got shorts to wear because it was hot. Yeah, right? of course. Um, and so he then, like, rolled up those bits of his pants because he was like, well, I'm going to have to keep these to sew back on later on when I need my long, my long pants. Yeah. So they start running and it was just like they were just running through the streets. It wasn't like a marathon now where everything's, you know, cordoned off and there's a particular race. So they were all just, like, running down the street and then, Oh, yeah, it's a really long way to run. And people would keep, like, cheering and waving, and so he kept stopping and talking to people. Yeah. Instead of racing, he's just like, all right. And then he was running along and he started feeling a bit hungry because they didn't believe in giving you water during – they would have, like, one water break. they used to believe that that, that water was – bad to have while you're running yes yeah yeah and they were thinking that it was probably good to see how far people could go without drinking water anyway yes cheating yeah um and so he was saying feel a bit hungry and so he was like oh well there's these apple trees i'll just take a couple of apples off this apple tree and i'll have but the apples made him sick yes yes and so then he was like oh this is terrible but he finished the race he came fourth after stopping and chatting to everyone yeah i've heard this race and it's yeah yeah. And there was another guy who I think he also may have eaten the apples, got sick, decided that he wasn't going to do it. So he got, got on, like someone said, I'll take you back to the finish line. So he gets in a on the back of a truck and on his way back there, all of a sudden he starts feeling better with a couple of miles left to go. So he yeah. goes, stop the truck. I'll run in. So he's just run in, not realising that this means that he's first or something. And so everyone's gone crazy. It's it's an amazing race. I've heard it's it's actually been billed as the worst Olympic marathon in history. It was just bonkers. It, it was just there was a lot of chaos. It's definitely one to look into. Yes. Um, but yeah, and the fact that he finished fourth after all that is yes. amazing. Yeah. yeah. But in um, his in his leather, old leather boots, running in his, I challenge anyone listening to run a marathon in a pair of nineteen hundred style. Leather boots. Hell, even do it in a pair a, of steel cap boots. A puffy today. shirt. Yeah. And like, yeah, your your working pants, your mailman's pants. Exactly. And no. a belt. Brilliant. Yeah. So he didn't cheat though. No, so he didn't cheat. We've got. He went the whole way. 
And he was a chatty Cathy. This <laughs> this episode should be entitled "Good Cuban, Bad Cuban." <laughs> <laughs> the Cuban heels. Yeah. Mm. No, how interesting. Yeah. Well, that's a that's a good little side story off the side story. Yeah. Well, thank you, Cuba. Yeah. yeah for, that's wonderful. It's all right. We won't pick on Cuba anymore. We've got no issues with Cuba. No beef with Cuba. It's just that, you know, there's cheats everywhere. Yeah. I don't see colour when I think of cheats. It doesn't no. matter what colour you are. That's right. You know. Whatever your creed. Creed. No, very good. <laughs> and that's the end of that's the it. story. Cheaters be cheating. <laughs>